This episode of Tech News Day is sponsored by HelloFresh and by Stitch Fix. What's up, TikTok teens? How do you do, fellow Zoomers? Yeah, we're young too. Looks like our generation's social network of choice just got called into the principal's office. Wow, I'm going to take my skateboard up there. It's a real bummer. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're probably aware that the uh, president of the United States, not a fan of TikTok. No. But let's just lay out what the hell is going on here. First off, uh, there have been national security concerns about TikTok for a long time. Justified. Uh, owing to the fact that TikTok's parent company, ByteDance, is a Chinese company. And in China, the line between companies and the government is a lot blurrier than in other countries. Um, all social apps here in the U.S. and all over the world collect yeah. unsettling amounts of data. But TikTok arguably collects even more data than other social apps. And so the idea of that data from American users' phones ending up in the hands of an adversarial government has raised national security alarm bells for a while now. Yeah, on the other hand, though, ByteDance has seemingly made a lot of effort to keep TikTok separate from their operations within China. TikTok's global headquarters are here in L.A. Its CEO is an American who formerly worked at Disney, and none of its servers are in China. So no, by using TikTok, you're not directly uploading data to the Chinese government. But also, it would probably be easier for China to get their hands on that data if they really wanted it, compared to if they wanted data from, say, Facebook or Twitter, for instance. I mean, with Facebook, they'd have to create a different company yeah. to work alongside Facebook to get all those analytics and then run ads directly targeted to certain people's mm -hmm. uh, proclivities. Right. Yes. In any case, the fact that one of the most popular smartphone apps in the U.S. is owned by a Chinese tech company has been a concern to a lot of people for a while. Mm -hmm. And the idea to finally do something about it Looks like it stems from India's decision back in June to ban TikTok uh, following an escalation in border tensions between India and China. That's it. We're taking the app. Yep. Uh, in early July, U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo was a guest on the Laura Ingram show on Fox News. And when asked if the U.S. would do something similar to what India did, Pompeo said that it was something we're looking at. And uh, he compared it to previous actions taken against Chinese tech companies ZTE and Huawei. And a week later, White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows told reporters that action would be taken within the next few weeks. And sure enough, last week, Donald Trump told reporters on board Air Force One, quote, as far as TikTok is concerned, we're banning them from the United States, saying that he would do so with an executive order and that he was not in favor of any deal that would let a U.S. company buy TikTok's American operation. Okay. Uh, but then... Uh, Later that day, it was reported that he'd used the Council on Foreign Investment in the United States to force parent company ByteDance to divest from U.S. TikTok with Microsoft reported as a potential buyer who'd actually already been in talks with ByteDance to purchase their TikTok operations in the U.S. and in Canada and in Australia and New Zealand. So, yeah, literally within the course of just one day, the story changes completely. Yeah. We're shutting it down. No one's allowed to buy it. I'm doing it via executive order. And then hours later, all right, well, I'm going to use this different route. And uh, also, yeah, Microsoft, I guess, go for it. Yeah, and then at some point on Saturday, he was like, nah, I don't like the Microsoft offer. Yeah, so, and then, but it sounds like he, I, I don't know. Yeah, the whole time I was like sitting there going, okay, we're actually going to find out if Trump really thinks that TikTok is a national security concern or if he's actually just annoyed by the people making fun of him on it. Yeah. Anyway, this all, it, it, it makes sense for Microsoft because um, they don't really have like a presence on the social video side of things, mm -hmm. especially now that Mixer's dead, though that also doesn't really bode well for the future of a potential Microsoft version of TikTok. Mixer, <laughs> Skype, uh, the Windows Phone. Yeah. Uh, there's numerous things you could cite here as far as Microsoft slowly killing anything that was 
potentially worthwhile. For to their credit, though, they they've said they're like, look, if we buy it. It's going to be its own thing. It's going to be over there. We've learned our lesson. <laughs> yeah, we are not going to be directly involved in it at all because turns out we don't know what the fuck we're, we're doing. We're, we're really good at fucking things up. Yeah. Um, the deal, it would also make a lot of sense or a, more, a lot more sense than just outright banning TikTok, which would be um, pretty much unprecedented. The U.S. government has never banned an app before, much less an app that hasn't actually been charged with any actual legal violations. Mm. Um, no one's sure how it would even work. Uh, I mean, would the U.S. government force ISPs to block TikTok? Would they force Google and Apple to ban it from their app stores? Because this is starting to sound a bit like how China, the yeah. country this that is we're accusing we're targeting of, yeah, yeah. here, it's starting to sound a lot like how they run things. Yeah. Authoritarian. Yeah. Yeah. Still, though, the idea of splitting up an app along regional lines is also unprecedented. How would it even work? I mean, it would basically lead to two TikToks. Now there's two of them. Yeah. Uh, it, it, if you, it would be three, I guess, if you count Douyin, the actual Chinese version of the app. So yeah. the, who knows? This is uh, You cut the head off of one TikTok, and then you got another it problem on your It would be like hands. the, uh, you know, in L.A., there's, you know, about 10 Zanku chickens. But only half of them, there's two different companies, mm-hmm. owing to a uh, tragic... Uh, murder event in which uh, one member of the family killed a bunch of members of the other side of the family. So there's, there's a bunch of Zankus, but, uh, you know, they're not owned by the same people, but and they're can't, both called Zanku. It can't spread across the country because the family won't let it uh, franchise outside of Los Angeles, apparently. Yeah, so you'll also, never get to taste it. El Pollo Loco in the U.S., different company than El Pollo Loco in Mexico. <laughs> Hardee's on the East Coast, Carl's Jr. on the West. Well, those actually are the same company. Oh. Anyways, users in one TikTok presumably wouldn't be able to interact or see posts by users of the other TikTok, and features in UI would gradually become more distinct. Uh, The Chinese users on TikTok would never know about the Tiananmen Square protests that uh, some Americans were launching on TikTok during the anniversary of it. That was a thing. They were like, hey, by the way, this happened. Oh, great. Uh, unless, of course, uh, new TikTok and old TikTok make some sort of agreement to work together, though that would kind of just undermine the whole point of why this is happening. Uh, what's more likely is that Microsoft or whoever would uh, who have, whoever buys it would have to basically rebuild TikTok's infrastructure from scratch. Okay. Anyways, with all these questions lingering, um, Trump then gave ByteDance a deadline of September 15th to find an American buyer or they would be out of business in the United States. That is not long from now. No. Uh, He said that he supports the idea of Microsoft buying TikTok, but not just a part of it. He wants Microsoft to buy the whole goddamn thing. Uh, He also very confusingly said that any deal will have to give a very substantial portion of the sale price to the U.S. Treasury Department. (sighs) Quote, right now they don't have any rights unless we give it to them. So if we're going to give them the rights, then it has to come into this country. It's a little bit like the landlord-tenant relationship. Without a lease, the tenant has nothing. What the fuck is this guy so, on? Again, sounding a lot like the Chinese government yeah. that we uh, apparently hate. That, so the U.S. government <laughs> will have some sort of financial tie Give to this Daddy fucking a app? Yeah. So I don't know. I, we keep saying aspects of this are unprecedented, but like everything's unprecedented. The idea of the U.S. Treasury getting a commission on the corporate acquisition of a foreign company, unprecedented. Yeah. Not really how it works. I mean... Taxes, obviously, but like it's not. This is never how things go. It's just like, oh yeah. By the way, I mean, I'm kind of the one that made this deal happen. So. It's some mafia shit. Yeah, yeah, it is. Oh, you want to operate a barbershop in my neighborhood? 
Well, well, you can pay me or you can not. I don't know. See what happens. Yeah, I guess we, you could see what happens. I mean, fate is fate. If I were in your position, I would want protection. Yes, exactly. Anyway, so that leaves about five weeks for a huge deal that's currently quite hazy and has even legal experts confused. Uh, it has five weeks to actually take place. So, I mean, it, it's kind of fucking crazy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like... until he, He's probably going to forget about it, though. Yeah. Mergers and acquisitions, just for reference, can take years. Look at like, Disney and Fox. Yeah, I mean, like, um, the whole, like, Warner uh, merger when we worked at Machinima was, like, a two-year process. Yeah. That, like, the entire Warner, like, legal department was wrapped up entirely in that for, like, two years. Yeah. Uh, to our benefit. In yeah. Many, in many cases. We managed to get away with things. Yeah. <laughs> Slid right under the radar. Yeah. Uh, now, ByteDance, for their part, seems to be fully cooperating, uh, probably because walking away with tens of billions of dollars is preferable to walking away with nothing at all. And you know what? Tens of billions of dollars is the end goal with these apps yeah. anyway. So that's like most apps these days. The job well the, done. The goal is to sell. Yes. So, But yeah. uh, not everyone in China is uh, very stoked about this, as you could assume. An editorial in China Daily titled, U.S. Administration's Smash and Grab of TikTok Will Not Be Taking Lying Down, ended with the line, China will by no means accept the theft of a Chinese technology company, and it has plenty of ways to respond if the administration carries out its planned smashing grab. Uh, and the editor-in-chief of China's Global Times tweeted, This is open robbery. The world is watching and God is watching that how President Trump is turning the once great America into a rogue country. Who's mad? Yeah. So anyway, the latest is that Microsoft is now reportedly maybe seeking to actually buy up TikTok's entire global business, not just parts of it, which, yeah, makes a lot more sense um, in terms of, you know, like the future of TikTok, but yeah. also would obviously cost a lot more. And the reason that Microsoft is so willing to pay so much for so much is because TikTok has a lot of value, and that value comes from the user data. Because you see, when <laughs> foreign governments have user data, that's bad. That's bad, yeah. But when American tech companies have user data, that's good. Mm. I mean, just look at Facebook, a company famous for its handling of user data. And handle it, they do well. Mm -hmm. they, nothing ever goes wrong. And speaking of which, Instagram, which Facebook owns, just launched their TikTok clone Reels mm -hmm. here in the U.S., along with about 50 other countries. Great timing. Just so wow. happens. They launched it right around the same time that TikTok was threatened. Wow. Well, thank uh, God. Our data is now safe. I went on uh, Instagram. I can't find what the fuck Reels is. Is it a separate app? It's a separate app. Okay, well, I'm not downloading I it. I think. And no one is. I've already got the stories. People, they post lots of stories. I got plenty of things to I watch I have never on posted a story. I don't know if I have. I think I probably have posted a story, but uh, I don't post on Instagram really that much anyway. But yeah. all my friends, they love it, apparently. Oh, they're constantly on there. Everyone's, I don't get it. Everyone's it's, doing things. It's fucking boring. I don't care what, like, I don't need to check in on everyone I know constantly. Well, especially, like, a lot of people are like, Here's my apartment again. Yeah. Which is good to see because there's a lot of people who are telling on themselves on a daily basis on, yep. on there. Down at the restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. Just got back to my park. chiropractor yeah. feeling real good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So. It's a self-snitching app now. Yeah. 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 Just, uh, you know, mm -hmm. in the wrong hands, you get in a lot of trouble. Yeah. Jake Paul posting all that stuff and then he gets raided by the FBI. You're next. Anyway, speaking of American companies that you, uh, you can trust with your data. Remember that big Twitter breach a few weeks back? Of course you do. That was where big accounts belonging to mm, Elon Musk, uh, Kanye West, Jeff Bezos, Joe Biden, and many others, they were hacked. And uh, the hackers used that to tweet about a Bitcoin scam. Mm -hmm. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we got them. 
Last week, three individuals were charged by law enforcement for their involvement in the hack. This is 19-year-old Mason Shepard of the UK, 22-year-old Nima Fizelli of Orlando, and 17-year-old Graham Clark of Tampa. So we've got a Florida man and a Florida boy. Damn. Who could have seen this coming? Yeah. And uh, according to law enforcement, that 17-year-old was the mastermind behind the whole thing. His username? Zero cool. (laughs) (laughs) Took down 17 banks. They want to get me one of those Gibsons. So Graham Clark, he's facing 30 felony charges, including one count of organized fraud, 17 counts of communications fraud, one count of fraudulent use of personal information with over $100,000 or 30 or more victims, 10 counts of fraudulent use of personal information, and one count of access to a computer or electronic device without authority, which sounds like a lot. And plus, he's being tried as an adult. Wow. Uh Uh-oh. Was using it without authority because his mom was like, I told him to get off that damn computer. No, I think it was something more legal. Oh, okay. Like uh, logging into Twitter without uh, <laughs> being, uh, you know, having the proper credentials. Yeah, you're probably that. right. It's probably that. Yeah. As for how the hack was pulled off, a security researcher involved in the case talked to Ars Technica and said that the hackers first looked at LinkedIn for Twitter employees who likely had access to account tools. Then they used a fake employer account to get those people's phone numbers. Then they called them up, they pretended to work for Twitter, and directed them to a phishing page disguised as an actual Twitter employee login page, where they then scraped their login credentials. To bypass two-factor authentication, the hackers entered the employee's login information into the real Twitter login page seconds after the employees entered it into the fake page, then scraped and used the one-time code that the employees entered into the fake page. Yeah. Basically used the fake page to log them into the real page. To be fair, diabolical. It's very clever. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, as for how the hackers were caught, uh, turns out it was indirectly thanks to the work of other rival hackers. I put on my white hat. Well, not even that. It's like, basically, the message board OG users was where much of the planning and discussion of the hack took place. Um, I mean, all three hackers, long posting histories there, and OG users itself had previously been hacked and had its database published online. So this provided investigators with a long backlog of information about the accounts that were suspected to be involved, including links to Discord accounts, Bitcoin addresses, and even email addresses, which was basically everything they needed to figure out who these people were. Just start, just go down, find out where those email addresses appear elsewhere. I don't Uh, care how many proxies you're behind. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Not long after the arrest, the New York Times published a pretty in-depth look into the life of Florida boy Graham Clark. And it seems that despite his age, he's uh, been at this kind of thing for a while. I mean, makes sense. I mean, I wasn't hacking any Gibsons back then, but I had definitely coded a dozen websites or more by 17 and was super into all that stuff, so definitely possible. He started playing Minecraft at age 10. A gateway drug. Yeah. Confirmed. Yep. Gaming leads to hacking. We got him. Yep. Minecraft at age 10, federal prison at age 17. Yeah. Any questions? The new commercial appearing on all the uh, Saturday morning cartoons. Yeah. So, yeah, he started started playing Minecraft at age 10, and he got really into scamming other users out of money in bogus deals for usernames and in-game items. By age 15, he was involved in online hacking forums. And by age 16, in 2019, he was involved in a huge Bitcoin heist worth $856,000 stolen from a tech investor named Greg Bennett. Uh, Here's from The Times. In April, the Secret Service seized 100 bitcoins from Mr. Clark, according to government forfeiture documents. A few weeks later, Mr. Bennett received a letter from the Secret Service saying they had recovered 100 of his bitcoins, citing the same code that was assigned to the coins seized from Mr. Clark. It is unclear whether other people were involved in the incident or what happened to the remaining 64 bitcoins. Mr. Bennett said in an interview that a Secret Service agent told him that the person with the stolen bitcoins was not arrested because he was a minor. The Secret Service did not respond to a request for comment. 
By then, Mr. Clark was living in his own apartment in a Tampa condo complex. He had an expensive gaming setup, a balcony, and a view of a grassy park, according to friends and social media posts. Two neighbors said that Mr. Clark kept to himself, coming and going at unusual hours and driving a white BMW 3 Series. On an Instagram account that has since been taken down, at Error, Mr. Clark also shared videos of himself swaying to rap music in designer sneakers. He was given a shout-out on Instagram by a jeweler to the hip-hop elite, with a picture showing that Mr. Clark, as Error, had purchased a gem-encrusted Rolex. Mr. Shio, who became close friends with Mr. Clark, said the April run-in with the Secret Service shook Mr. Clark. Quote, he knew he was given a second chance, Mr. Shio said, and he wanted to work on being as legit as possible. Anyways, yeah, that obviously didn't happen, and uh, the whole uh, he's going to turn his life around potentially thing. Within weeks of telling his friend that he was going legit, he was at work on the big Twitter scam that just ended up taking him down. I love that. Who was his cover, though? No, 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 no. I didn't do it. I told my friends that I had gone legit. Ask him. Yeah, it's my alibi. Mm -hmm. I know all about alibis. I got the best ones. But uh, just because he's in custody now doesn't mean that the hacking is over. During his judicial hearing, which was done over Zoom, the proceedings had to be stopped twice because people started streaming porn in the video call. Uh, And to be fair, it wasn't even hacking. It was just a complete lack of even the most basic safeguards for the Zoom call. So just a fun little prank. Yeah. Pranksters, they posed as journalists, and they joined the call. They booted up some porno. They clicked the screen-sharing button, and bingo, bango. Yeah, just all the basic, like, safeguards you take as a Zoom call host uh, were not taken by this court of law. No. So, porno it was. Yes. (laughs) Some seven gigs (laughs) of it. (laughs) Anyways, uh, before we toss the reins over to Phil, this episode is sponsored by HelloFresh. Get fresh, pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door with HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh lets you skip those trips to the grocery store and makes home cooking fun, easy, and affordable. HelloFresh offers so many recipes to choose from each week to help you break out of your recipe rut. There's something for everyone, including low-calorie, vegetarian, and family recipes each week. Cut out the stressful meal planning and prepping so you can enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in just about 30 minutes or even 20 minutes with their quick recipe options. I've been doing... uh, Bippin' bops like every other week. Bippin' bop. It's fun to say and it's delicious to eat. It is. Very easy to cook too. Mm-hmm. HelloFresh offers fresh, high quality ingredients every week for a super flavorful experience. Like I said, loving the bippin' bops. I always try to get that and tacos. Mm-hmm. And the other two are a little bit, I just let them choose whatever. Yeah. But uh, tacos and bippin' bop, easy, quick, delicious. Have every you tried time. Bippin' bop tacos? Oh, man, just take a big tortilla and just scoop the whole bowl out, just yeah. shove it down my gullet. Yeah. Well, yeah, maybe we should start combining our meals. Yeah, just just because they send you a recipe doesn't mean you have to follow it to a T. No, I do a little bit of freestyle cooking mm-hmm. in my, yeah. <laughs> in my old age. It's just a it's just a foundation to work off. <laughs> yeah, it's a suggestion. Yeah. Uh, anyways, if you want to try doing whatever the fuck you want to do, go to HelloFresh.com slash 80Newsday and use code 80Newsday to get $80 off, including free shipping on your first box. Additional restrictions obviously apply. Please visit HelloFresh.com for more details. Again, that is HelloFresh.com slash 80Newsday and use code 80Newsday and you'll get $80 off, including free shipping on your first box. There you go. And the episode is sponsored by Stitch Fix. Mm. Don't you wish that every clothing store you shopped at had only your size, the styles you like, and the prices you want? Well, Stitch Fix is a company focused on making that happen. Stitch Fix is an online personal styling company that makes getting the clothes you love effortless. It's a completely different way to shop. It's all about you every time. To get started, go to stitchfix.com newsday to set up your profile, and they will deliver great looks personalized just for you in your colors, styles, and budget. You pay a $20 styling fee for each fix, which is credited towards anything that you keep. You schedule at any time. There's no subscription required. Plus, shipping, returns, and exchanges are easy and free. Stitch Fix does all the hard work for you, making great style effortless for everybody, including men, women, and kids. You've seen Elliot when he wears his nice clothes. Not today, but... 
Yeah. They're always I from have. Stitch Fix. Yep. You think he's going out, slogging it to some store? Absolutely not. Trying things on? No. Like some schmuck? No. Nope. He waits at his doorstep. Yep, they bring it close to me. Mm -hmm. Get started today at stitchfix.com slash newsday, and you'll get 25% off when you keep everything in your fix. That is stitchfix.com slash newsday for 25% off when you keep everything in your fix. Stitchfix.com slash newsday. Now, let's toss it over to Phil to see what's bugging him this week. So I'm always coming on the show yarning on about privacy this and privacy that. Well, for once, someone's got some privacy tips for you that's not Phil, because Beware of Find My Phone, Wi-Fi, and Bluetooth, NSA tells mobile users. Wait, the, the NSA. This NSA? The one Edward Snowden warned us about. The NSA, warning people that they're being tracked is like, is like Michael Myers showing up on a Halloween and being like, uh, hey, sorry to bug you. There's a lot of people gonna try to kill you tonight. Does not make sense. So. Looked into it, and this NSA report is hosted on the defense.gov website and is seemingly intended for government employees who handle sensitive information, right? But they did make it available for everyone to read, so I'm gonna break it down for you, and uh, we're gonna put links on how to actually do each of the things that they talk about in the description below. I'm not gonna do tech support in this video. It's not that kinda cut. All right, here we go. Disable location services on the device. Great. So this doesn't turn off your GPS, it just doesn't allow apps to look at your GPS coordinates. Confused yet? Great. Uh, second one, disable radios when they are not actively in use. So this means turning off Wi-Fi and Bluetooth when you're not actively using Wi-Fi or Bluetooth. The NSA also wants you to use airplane mode when the device is not in use. So theoretically, they should make sure your phone isn't transmitting any data but it also means all your calls go directly to voicemail and nothing's gonna refresh in the background. So we're already on the second item on the list and it's already kind of breaking the basic functionality of your phone. So starting to see some patterns here. Third one, apps should be given as few permissions as possible. I am a huge fan of this, this, this makes sense. So every month or so, I'll look at the permissions for apps on my phone and be like, why does this fitness tracker need access to my photos? Think about it like this. If an app has access to your photos, it can access your photos and theoretically upload them to their servers or do whatever they want. If they get hacked, even worse. So some apps also have an always option for sharing your location. Don't ever use this unless it's a very specific case. Like in earthquake prone areas, you can get an app that will warn you before an earthquake hits. It always needs to know your exact location for A, giving you correct information, but also to check the sensors on your phone because it has a big network of all the uh, you know gyroscopes and stuff to check vibrations. So this app actually can notify you a few seconds before you feel an earthquake, it's happened before. So that's cool. And for me personally, that's that's something I would, I would trade that location data privacy to one of these things for that safety. Okay. Next one, disable advertising permissions to the greatest extent possible. This is boring, but do it, link below. Turn off settings typically known as Find My or Find My Device settings that allow a lost, stolen, or misplaced device to be tracked. I don't, this is one I'm not really sure about, like as a civilian, like as a dude. Like you don't really need to worry about this one unless you're on like a mission. Oh, I didn't, I didn't tell you in that cool NSA briefing thing, they mentioned mission like seven times. So just so you know, if you're on an NSA mission, you're pretty cool. And if you're not, get out of here, nerd. 
Last three on the list, uh, minimize web browsing on the device as much as possible. Self-explanatory. Use an anonymizing virtual private network, or VPN, to help obscure location. Ever heard of one of those? Ever seen meet a couple of guys who can give you a discount promo code? Maybe, uh, maybe they're here. Uh, and finally, minimize the amount of data with location information that is stored in the cloud, if possible. So this means don't upload photos with geotag data to social media or put them on your cloud drive. What do you mean, Phil? Well, here's something that happened in 2012. Vice was doing a story on John McAfee in an undisclosed location where he was on the run from the Belize government. They published an article that included a photo taken of McAfee at this undisclosed location, but Vice didn't turn geotagging off when they took the photo, so the image used in the article had the GPS coordinates baked into the picture, which revealed his location. Now, in normal life, this is a feature that lets you like see where all your photos were taken and see them on a map, and you're like, wow, we travel a lot of places. Other times, it almost gets John McAfee killed. Potato, potato, you know? So here's my take on all the stuff the NSA recommends. You probably got bored hearing me drone on about that, and that was just a tiny section of the report. Now, imagine actually doing those things every day, multiple times a day. Why aren't your wireless headphones pairing? Oh, you have to manually turn Bluetooth on because it was off because that's the prison I've made for myself. It's not just like Bluetooth and stuff. So let's say you have your camera and microphone disabled for WhatsApp, you know, so they can't like listen in. So if someone video chats you, you have to, and you get the notification, you have to quickly go into settings, enable the camera and microphone, then scramble back to answer, and hopefully they haven't hung up. And this is true for Skype and Messenger and any other video or audio chat, and it sucks. I've said it before, and it really comes into focus when you start unpacking privacy issues and what you can do about them. Every time a new piece of software or hardware makes things more convenient for you, it also chips away at your privacy. My phone unlocks with my face, but now my face scan data is on the phone. Before faces, it was fingerprints. I, you know, you're starting to see trends here. Another huge example is those cesspools of comments at the bottom of news articles that have everyone's Facebook profile linked in. If you think about it, you didn't log into the site. Why is your Facebook profile tied to it? Oh, because the site is linked to Facebook's API, so it's easier for them to get engagement and go to their bosses, look at all the engagement, look at all these comments. And then Facebook gets to track you across every website you visit, because that's what they're about. But you, as the user, you get to get out your all caps and tell everyone how vaccines don't work at the bottom of a Fox News article. We live in a some sort of society. So moving on from all the stuff the NSA recommends, here's something that I recommend. You ready? You're gonna fucking hate it. Uh, two browsers. Take Chrome, install Chrome, and log into all the stuff where the big companies track you. That's Facebook, Amazon, Google, for you know using any of their non-search stuff like YouTube, or Google Drive, or Google Docs, okay? Only use this browser for those things and the things you're logged in with those big companies. Then pick a different browser. Safari, Firefox, Brave, any of those will work. Use this as your everything else browser. Make DuckDuckGo your default search engine because they don't track you like Google does. Again, it's not quite as good as Google, but you know this is all about pain in your life. But go on, live your life, shop, search, do everything you normally do on a daily basis that's not the big companies in this browser. You gotta do some YouTubing, fire up Chrome. Going on Amazon, Chrome, all that stuff's in Chrome. Is this a pain in the ass? Yup. 
uh, but it will limit how much you're tracked across your normal web use and uh, all the day-to-day -day stuff you're doing is somewhere else. It's not in that Chrome browser. It's like a sandbox where only those things are. So you, I'm sure some of you laughed out loud when I said two browsers, but this is the only way to really claw back some of your privacy in addition to the things the NSA recommended, which again, links below. So if this homework seems like a huge chore, kind of is, but you know, there's not a whole lot of of stuff giving you your privacy back. You kind of have to take it back and you realize we've had it pretty good and we're gonna have to lose a lot of convenience if we want to take it back. So, I mean, unless you're gonna like stop using the internet and throw your phone in the ocean. So, I don't know, it's up to you. It's either don't care about privacy or phone in the ocean. So, I didn't really do any, I didn't really do any like paranoid tinfoil hat shit. Uh, all right, here you go, here's a conspiracy. So let's just say that the NSA is recommending this stuff because it doesn't really do anything and they already have all the phones cracked. So the Wi-Fi button, the Bluetooth and turning your pictures off, they don't do anything. And the NSA knows exactly where you are, what you're searching for, and what you've taken pictures of. Bye. Well, thank you, Phil. Uh, before we go, well, let's just check in on that, uh, that coronavirus situation. I thought we were gonna get through a whole happening. episode. Yeah, sorry. So mm -hmm. here's some good news, oh, actually. Good. Turns out Americans are not the only ones acting like petulant babies about having to alter our lives in minor ways to slow the spread of a global pandemic. Because mm -hmm. over in Berlin, Germany last weekend, around 20,000 Germans flooded the streets in probably the biggest anti-mask, anti-lockdown protest yet. Just so many people. So yeah, it's pretty disappointing for a country that, at least relative to other countries, has otherwise done a Decent job at keeping cases and deaths low, but yeah. uh, I guess everyone has their breaking point. Yeah. And uh, looking forward to seeing that Germany curve start trending upwards, yeah. just like ours did. It's sad. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, here in the U.S., things are also bad. And in fact, they're much worse. School's back in session, at least in some places. Uh, you may have seen these photos of a high school in Paulding County, Georgia, that just reopened with students crowding the hallway shoulder to shoulder with just a few masks actually in mm. in sight. And we talked about it on yesterday's episode. We are convinced that if you do wear a mask at school, you are going to get bullied. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, but uh, it's also August in Georgia, so either the AC is just blasting constantly or they're suffering yeah. in ways that no kid should have to deal with, just mm -hmm. sweltering inside those classrooms. Yeah. It's not great. And what's even worse is the fact that two students who posted these photos, they've been suspended for posting the photos. It's ridiculous. This is retaliation against whistleblowers. Yes, this is. This is intimidation. This is like, that's such a typical like high school thing too. Like, oh, you were both fighting. I don't care if this person's been bullying you for five years and was beating you up. You punched them once and you're both getting suspended. Yeah, or just like rightfully calling out like mistakes that- Oh, they get school, real angry about that. They get real angry. They punish you and they, they ignore any like validity that what you did have. So high school. I don't miss it at all. No, high school sucks. Worst. Yeah. Anyway, making matters even worse, turns out there's already been outbreaks at that high school among the uh, football team as well as among staff members. Mm -hmm. And uh, at least the football team one was known about before classes even started. So they're like, well, that's, that's terrible, but real the show pickle. must go on. Mm -hmm. That school district has designated mask wearing as a personal choice. <laughs> And they've said that social distancing is simply not possible. Oh, well. Also, students face expulsion if they don't attend. There was an option for virtual learning, but it had a limited number of slots and a narrow sign-up window. So if you didn't get in, sorry. Yeah, go fuck yourselves. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and currently in Atlanta, 
the uh, convention center is now a COVID hospital. So I don't think things are going too well there. Yeah, generally when you're converting convention centers into hospitals, it's not a good sign. Good luck, students. Yeah. Anyways, meanwhile in Indiana, one of the first schools in the country uh, to open, didn't even make it a full day before finding out that one of the students who'd walked the halls and sat in classrooms had tested positive. Oops. Leading to a frantic attempt at contract contact tracing and quarantining. Well, at least they're trying contact tracing, unlike a, a lot of other places in the country. Yeah, but they're all... it's. All right, who'd you talk to? Who'd you sit next to? Yeah. A similar thing happened at a school district down in Mississippi, and this is probably just going to be a regular occurrence as more schools reopen. But uh, you may be saying, hey, what's the problem? Kids aren't really at risk for serious complications of the virus. Well, I, I guess, but not always. And just because they probably won't have serious complications doesn't mean they don't pose a danger to more vulnerable people like Teachers and family members. I feel so bad for anyone that has to teach. Like I said yesterday, that. these fucking high school kids are little bioterrorists. Yeah, no, if they they want to fuck with the teacher, just rub their schmutz all over yeah. teacher's stuff. And we already know how they feel about the old people because they did the they took the OK Boomer thing too far. <laughs> it is a slur. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, uh, uh, we all agree that the boom, the actual boomers got way too upset about it and kept bringing it up. So the kids, they just kept launching into them. Yeah. And they're, now they're going to be like, okay, boomer. Uh. Yeah. Okay, boomer is going to get someone killed. Yeah, it is. Um, also, recent evidence, uh, recent research suggests that infected children actually might carry much more of the virus than adults. They're super spreaders. Yeah. So a new study found that children younger than five may host up to 100 times as much of the virus <laughs> in the upper respiratory tract as adults. That's because they're, they're small. It's more compact. It's like squishing it together. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if you've ever been around a little kid, they're just... They're, they're filthy. They're, they're all They're pure snot. Just yeah. everything's snot. It's like, yeah. you're not even sick. Why do you have so much snot? I don't know. I don't know. Why? <laughs> Breathe <laughs> through your nose. I'm a little I'm like you. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, this, now, this does not necessarily mean that children are more contagious or that they're super spreaders. But it also, I mean, it could mean that. We don't know yet. Yeah, they touch everything. They uh, sneeze on everything. They lick yeah, everything. I mean, kids are notoriously not the most hygienic people. No. Um, yeah, they're just kind of gross. But uh, I'm yeah. so happy that there's no kids anywhere near me at yeah. all. I do see kids, these punk kids on their bicycles and their skateboards when I'm out on my, on my walks. Boomer. And they <laughs> cough on you. Shut well, up. So. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's this is definitely something that needs to be looked into more, and it's uh, a pretty scary thing to find out. Just as various state all opening local governments up. are just shoving those kids back into the schools, uh, you you'll do it and you like it. You know what's uh, sadly hilarious is that uh, the world now finally is realizing that that motorcycle rally is happening, the one that Sturgis? I was supposed to go to before the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. I obviously canceled. I'm not going. I'd be I'd be leaving like today if it yeah. was all going well. But. Uh, uh, it is still happening, and it is going to be the largest mass gathering in America since the pandemic started and during the pandemic. It is they're expecting at least two hundred and fifty thousand people, and it's like a stretch of like a mile mm-hmm. in this town. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was articles on on like CNN, New York Times, Washington Post, all today being like, "Ah, oh, shit." Hey, remember there's this gigantic rally that didn't shut down? Yeah. And it turns out that uh, the city was actually, a uh, majority of the city was actually opposed to it, despite the financial ruin that it would cause. Mm-hmm. But the souvenir industry there was thre- threatened to sue the city if they didn't hold the rally. Well, uh, I wish them the best of luck. Yeah. Hold Ho- luck. Hopefully, uh, motorcycle exhaust, you know, 
can it, it'll clear the virus out of the air. Yeah, you just as we all do, you just hook a face mask right to the exhaust of the. Uh, and a lot of bikers mm-hmm. already wear like bandanas around their face. Not this time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to take a bandana off. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> this sucks. <laughs> oh, by the way, they had like this crazy lineup. Uh, they they do big concerts there. Yeah. Mean, the original lineup was like I think it was like the remaining members of like Leonard Skinner and some other like big old bands. Mm-hmm. They all canceled. Uh, yeah. And guess who's taking their place? God, I don't know. Trapped and oh, yeah, Smash yeah. Mouth. Smash Mouth? No! <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Wow. I just love the fact that Trapped is like, we'll fucking do it. It's two bands that just have been getting shit on by the internet for like 10 I years. thought better of Smash Mouth, to be quite yeah, honest. I but Trapped, I expected this one. I thought from. Smash Mouth had finally come to terms. But maybe I'm getting Smash Mouth mixed up in my head with Guy Fieri, who yeah. actually has turned things around. Yeah. Also, the, the, that, that rally, it's not just like a weekend or a day. It is 10 days long of 250,000 people. Hell yeah, baby. <laughs> Let's have ourselves a super spreader event. <laughs> One last ride. <laughs> well, good luck, everyone. That's what they should call it. Yeah. Anyways, that's it for today's episode. Uh, stay tuned for more. I think we're going to do... I, I, I have to text Nick, but I think we might be doing a space bar tomorrow. Mm. Stay tuned. Check your local listings, a.k.a. our Twitter accounts. Uh, But uh, if you haven't watched yesterday's episode about Jake Paul, check that out. And then over here is a guy with a dick on his arm. Yep. (laughs) Bye.